on the Broncos 17, up by three, 20 to 17. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. Today is October 3rd and the Jaguars are two and two. Thank God, back at 500. 500. Quick note before we start, our new episodes are going to start coming out on Tuesdays. It's a little easier for us. We're gonna start recording Sundays after the game. Give it a day to edit. Easy for me and Bentley. Mm-hmm. But other than that, let's get started. So let's do it. How about that game? How about that oh, game, dude? Man. I mean, well, first of all, we got to put it into context. We were both there. We were chilling like Jaguars villains inside the Mile High Stadium. We started off in different parts of the stadium and eventually uh, wound up meeting up. But I wanted to, I was curious, before I saw you, what was your experience like uh, entering the stadium? How'd you get there? What was it like going up to your seats? Did you get harassed? Was it cool? How did it it go? Well, first off, um, I'd like to start by saying when you pulled up, I was like, holy shit, how the hell did you find me? And then I forgot (laughs) I had sent you the, you know, my seat location. But that was really cool. We got to watch the rest of the game together. (laughs) Mathematical deduction out of the entire Mount Stadium. Like, where where could he be? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just startled me. Anyways. um, Yeah, it was good, dude. So me and my uh, bud, we showed up at like 10 o'clock super early. (laughs) You know, toss the football around and stuff. Uh, one of the most interesting nice. things I saw was a dude had a truck, right? And it had like a ran over football player on it. And Ooh, he was ouch. in a Jaguars helmet and a Leonard Fournette jersey. Oh, that's some that's some cr- criminal activity right there. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? I was like, I wonder if he does that for every game, you know? <laughs> like he has every player's or a jersey for from every team and a helmet from every team. Like, what the hell? God, what, what does he do for Halloween? Jesus, just like the whole NFL. <laughs> right. It was, it, it was weird, to say the least. And I was wearing a Fortnite uh, jersey, too. So I was like, all right, <laughs> all right man. What the hell? You should have gone up to me like, excuse me, sir, I find this display very offensive. <laughs> I really should have said something. I was like walking uh, towards the porter potty, and I was like just trying oh, not no. to stare over there. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> But um, it was good, man. It was a lot of Broncos fans um, in the parking lot, in our lot. I didn't see many mm-hmm. Jaguars fans. When I did, had to greet them properly, of course. Um, of course. I was. How'd you greet you them? Know, curious. You know, I was just slapping everyone's hand. If you had a Jaguars jersey on, you're getting your hand slapped. Basically, oh, you meet, you know, hand slapped. You get some Duval chants going. Oh man, I was sick of saying Duval and hearing Duval at the end of that day. Likewise. <laughs> it was a lot. What a can lot you do? To do going on. Right. What can you do? What can you do? Yeah. Um, great experience, though. That's actually only my second game I've seen there. And the other one was like a, a Sunday night game, the Broncos and Packers, which is crazy. But hmm. overall, really good. Broncos fans didn't really harass me, just my friends. But that's that's friendly harassment, so I don't hmm. really count that, you know. Um, wow. Quiet ride home, as I told you earlier in the week. Very quiet ride home. Yeah, I can imagine. I remember seeing one of your friends had uh, a Ramsey jersey on. I was like, oh, damn, we got Jaguars fans here. And he said, no, I just borrowed this jersey in the car when we got here. Right, so yeah. I was like, hey, you want to wear the Jalen? You want to wear the Jalen jersey? Go ahead. Well, I, I brought it because, you know, I thought he was going to play and like 1 o'clock or something rolled around and he was inactive. So I was like, all right, well, oh, yeah. I mean, you could wear it. I'm going to put it on the Fournette jersey. Here we go. Oh, yeah. And I was saying all this shit about, oh, it's like, you know, superstition and you wear it, wore it. He didn't play, but how's it working out for us? And he's like, man, I just borrowed the shirt. So <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, uh, I had I had a cool time actually attending this game. I I, uh, I showed up a lot later than 10 a.m. That's for sure. I mean, there's a 225 kickoff. I was probably you remember I was parking, you know, definitely within an hour of uh, of kickoff or something around that time. Um, I parked in nearby neighborhood um, and, and made my way in. And as I as I was walking, I started, you know, I'm, I'm like accumulating this mass of people marching towards the stadium. And I, all I could see was was Broncos fans. I mean, I was I was walking in a crowd of orange. Um, we we got to an intersection and there was a police uh, officer directing traffic. And I was like, at least there's an officer here in case something happens to me with all these Broncos <laughs> fans, right? 
Um, so you can right. imagine how surprised the first thing a Broncos fan said to me. It wasn't like some some taunt. It wasn't some insult. I, I went. I wore my Ngakwe jersey to uh, to the Jaguars and Cowboys game at AT and T Stadium last year. And, the, you know, I was walking by tailgates. People were like, here, kitty, 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 here, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> um, so I did not experience that level of harassment this time. Instead, someone asked me very kindly, excuse me, sir, how do you pronounce the name on the back of that jersey? And I thought they were, like, trolling me or something. I was like, oh, it's, it's Ngakwe. Uh, oh, Ngakwe. Like, I, you're not listening to anything I said. Right? <laughs> and, um, <That's- laughs> And I was, like, trying to contextualize it, you know, elevate our conversation to this, like, multicultural dialogue. I was like, yeah, he's from Cameroon. <laughs> she's like, oh, <laughs> that's a weird name. <laughs> anyway, so, but that was, that was it. And I, I walk into the stadium, um, and I had this, uh, I got a seat, you know, kind of, not last minute, but, you know, a couple weeks ago, resold, um, pretty affordable, but it was in the lower level. And wound up going and sitting down. Uh, and uh, there, a Broncos fan behind me tapped me on the shoulder and she says, hey, uh, would you like some sunscreen? And I was like, well, I already put some on, but that, that's, I could always re-up. And she handed me a bottle of sunscreen, like totally unprompted <laughs> out of nowhere. And I was like, these are the kindest fans I've ever met in my life. Zero harassment. The guys next to me, like, were making jokes, like self-deprecating jokes about the Broncos and screwing up their their whole like offensive strategy and not calling timeouts and all kinds of stuff, just making fun of their own team. Um, and I did notice. I think you you can probably share a, a similar sentiment. There's there started to be a lot more Jaguars fans than I expected. I mean, I I had a point where if I had taken like a selfie, there were there was like seven or eight Jaguars fans behind me. You might have thought I was not in the Mile High Stadium. Uh, I had Jaguars fans in the same row as me, just down a little ways. You know, there's fake mustaches were floating around. There's bandanas. There's aviators. All kinds of stuff. So, what was it like for you to see other Jaguars fans throughout the stadium? I was actually going to ask you the same thing. Wasn't it weird how many Jaguars fans there were? I was, I was actually surprised. Like, I couldn't believe it was crazy. there was that many Jaguars fans. Because I know, like, it was crazy. You know, some traveled, but there were actually, you know, I talked to people, and there was a lot of people from here who had even mm-hmm. moved from Florida or whatever. But you know, they. They showed out, which was actually really cool to see because I didn't think there was that many Jaguars fans like that. that there was, was a t- I was, I was going to this game thinking like, okay, we're gonna meet you know one or two Jaguars fans at the tailgate, and they're gonna be like the guys from some other podcast, <laughs> right? Right. Gonna, right. We're gonna meet the you know Duval Hot Takes guy or whatever, like, just because because there's only gonna be like 15 of us total. You got there, I mean. God, I felt like I was going to, you know, when you hear these stories of like the Cowboys playing in like the 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 Giant Stadium and there's like a ton of Cowboys fans or the Redskins playing in, you know, in Dallas or whatever and they they travel and all come out in huge numbers. I, I felt like a I felt there's a decent Jaguars travel slash I guess local showing that really uh, really blew me away and and I by no means that I feel kind of like odd one out um, you know, because of that. I think they they were everywhere and you could man i i was trying to take like a mathematical assessment of it i wouldn't go 15 or 20 seconds without hearing like a duval in the in the hallways no kidding there you would hear it like very often when i walked back out when i walked out like to go to the bathroom people were screaming duval in the bathroom (laughs) holy shit Wow. I did. But speaking of bathroom, I, I had this uh, awkward interaction too. I mean, there's so many Jaguars fans floating around. I'm waiting in line for the urinals and like the men's restroom during you know some first quarter break, whatever. And a Jaguars fan finishes, uh, you know, doing his business, turns around, still zipping up his pants, extends his hand for a high five, and says, "Go Jags." So I was caught in this like ethical dilemma, like, <laughs> do I do I support my fellow Jaguars fan and give him a high five back, while risking myself to you know, uh, unsanitary, and? Uh, disease so, ridden. So did, did you do it? Did did you high five him back? That that's important. Uh, that's important part. Of it, the in that in that moment, Mark Brunell's face appeared in my brain and said, "What are you going to do, Bentley?" And uh, I said, you know, I won't let you down. Um, so I sent <laughs> my hand back. I risked uh, hepatitis B and uh, went on with my day. 
So did did you go wash your hands after after all this, or was this after you washed your hands, or were you this? Like, oh man, this was before yet? anybody in the stadium had washed their hands. Yeah, we're talking danger zone. But um, you know what? That that interaction was so momentous for me, and it meant so much as a Jaguars fan. I haven't washed my hands since. That's disgusting, and I don't believe <laughs> you. But. <laughs> Oh man, that's good stuff. That's a that's a funny story actually. Not nothing like that happened to me in the restroom, but that's some good stuff. You're lucky. Um, yeah. One thing I did notice. Uh, so af- after the game, I actually saw a fight too. Of course, did you? I don't know where you. Someone went got after the game. punched in the nose. Around. Yeah, really. Police were on the scene and stuff. It's crazy. Oh shit. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I kind of like lost everyone at the end of the game. I started running through the hall, high fiving every Jaguar fan I saw. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, and that was a is a weird thing. I think the the fans, the Broncos fans, definitely turned kind of sour. Obviously, once they like lost last second. Spoiler alert: if you haven't watched the game, you might want to go back and watch it. But <laughs> but yeah, no, they. I mean, they went from you know these super sweet, considerate, thoughtful fans to a lot of like passive aggressive comments and you know get the hell out of our stadium kind of stuff. I mean, I could sense the tension building in the third quarter. Um, when in the third quarter, I left my my lower bowl seats. Uh, out of true solidarity and went to search for a said up in the uh, <clears throat> above the tree line, as we say here in Rocky Mountains. Um, and uh, as I'm walking up, I, I did I did pass a two year old kid on his father's shoulders. Father's wearing a Broncos jersey. And the father goes, sees me walking by and says, Dustin, tell him. Two year old leans down to me and says, you're rooting for the wrong team. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is how these really kind, you know, probably like marijuana laced fans start to get rough is they use their two year old toddlers to, to spit insults at the, uh, the visiting team. And that third quarter, I don't blame them because that third quarter is when we saw the game take a massive shift. You know, the Jaguars put together this, what was it, an almost an 11 minute drive to open the quarter. Um, Gardner Minshew starts working his magic. And uh, the Broncos fans uh, definitely took a it's kind of a, a beat down. I think it was a, it was invoking memories of their recent losses, their heartbreaking losses, to the extent that after the game, man, we were we were we were in pretty hostile territory. I mean, we had I had fans behind me as we're screaming Duval, 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 Duval. They just they just you know just aggressively asked me like, what the hell does that mean? What does Duval mean? And I was yeah. like, that's <laughs> there was a great lot question. Of, I, I was like, oh, it's a yeah. county. It's a county. It's like screaming, you know, I don't know, Boulder, right? <laughs> Arapahoe. <laughs> yeah, that, that anyway. was actually a very commonly asked question, which is kind of funny as well. <laughs> um, so, you know what else I was hearing after the game? So, yeah. a, like a group of Jaguars fans started like chanting, oh, win, four. Oh, win, four. <laughs> and I like I went over to them. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Why are we like celebrating their defeat? Let's celebrate our victory instead, you know? Yeah. Two and two. Two and two. <laughs> so, yeah, we beat them. It's not like they're our rivals or anything, you know? We don't need to put them down. We won the game. Yeah. We should be proud of what we did, you know? Not not beating them. So just got to throw Oh, that's that a good point. There. Yeah, it looks it looks bad as a fan. You're kind of like projecting your own insecurity. <laughs> 0 and 4. You're basically saying, finally, we're not 0 and 4. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was going to say, we've had some uh, rough times, so I don't think it'd make you happy if people are chanting that at you. So Yeah, no. Just oh, to- I got I to gotta give one more chant shout out, by the way, and you, you did fantastic with this. The Broncos have this really stupid chant where the opposing team has an incomplete pass, and the, the PA system announcer gets on and says, Broncos fans, that pass was, and the whole stadium goes, in, come, please. <laughs> And um and uh, I loved it when I joined you guys up there in that upper section, man. And they, the Broncos were throwing some pretty clutch, incomplete passes in some of those uh, final moments that you led the same chant, but it was, hey, Jaguars fans, that Broncos <laughs> pass was in, come, wait. I love that chant. I really Major do. Major I like doing it, you know. Us, <laughs> but it is actually a pretty, pretty cool chant if we could do that. If it was ours, it'd be cool. But since it's theirs, it's not as cool. Of course. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Um, one last thing before we kind of start talking about the game. Um, mm-hmm. so like a local radio guy, he, he was really kind of on Thursday and Friday. He was 
he wasn't taking shots at Gardner Minshew, I would say, mm-hmm. but he kept talking about how Gardner didn't throw the ball down the field and blah, 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 and his average air yards per attempt. I was like, oh, my God, yeah. whatever. Basically saying he ranked in the, like, 30 or something in, you know, air, air distance per attempt. And Whoa. he kept calling Gardner average, which, I mean, that's fair. But I took a little shot at him <laughs> on Twitter after the game nice. saying, hey, he didn't look so average today. And then... He actually replied and said, like, he didn't really shred the Broncos' defense or anything. I was like, well, he made the um, a lot of that D-line look pretty dumb, you know, evading tacklers and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. He, he was a little salty, I could tell. Yeah, and that's bizarre perspective, too. I mean, if Minshew was an average NFL starting quarterback in his by his third and fourth ever games, that's pretty amazing. That would be, like, record-setting. Like right, right. a former Bronco playing for the Colts at the time, you know Peyton Manning. He's what did he, he's setting NFL records for like interceptions <laughs> his first season. In his first season, yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say he's young. I don't. I to me, Gardner right now is nothing. He's not average. He's not great. He's not bad. I don't know what he is. To be honest, mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, we'll see. Give him give him some time. But don't just call him average or he can't do this well or that well or the scouts used to say this and that and that like. Forget it, man. Let him play in the NFL, and then we'll judge him off his first season or first 10 games or something like that. Like, we need a sample mm-hmm. size before we judge him. So Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so let's get started on the game. Uh, yeah. Anything you notice? So I, I rewatched the game on TV, and I kept hearing that incomplete chant and stuff, which yeah. is hilarious. I love it. Um, for one, you were talking about how many Jaguars fans there were, and you could actually kind of hear it in the TV broadcast a little you, bit. You bet. You know? Yep. So that was that was pretty cool to hear. It wasn't like in person you could really hear the Jaguars chants, but on TV, yeah, and, and but you could still hear them. I, I know we you know we keep the way we're analyzing this game is kind of major spoiler alert because a lot of our take depends on the fact that yeah we won last second right we had a Lambo kick walk off victory um, after all that uh, drama in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, I've got this hilarious... <laughs> I mean, I've got the audio recordings I took, like, from the game, too. I've got a video <laughs> when I was setting up for the kick, and you couldn't take it. Like, you're looking down. You don't want to watch. It's nauseating. Um, oh, dude, what, didn't we, sick. like, call a timeout or some shit? We, like, iced our own kick. I don't know what we did. We yeah, Something was going on with our time management and everything. Can't remember what it was. We got a holding. Well, we were like oh, running the yeah. ball instead of kneeing it. Then we got a hold. I think it was on Linder, and I was like, "Yeah, what the hell are we doing?" Just scared of penalties. You know, Leonard confronts Cam uh, Robinson after the game. Cam Robinson. Just, just, I we're just waiting for something, some Cam. whistle to blow or something, mess up Lambo, whatever. So you weren't watching. All right, 45 seconds. Jaguars again on the Broncos, 17 down by one, 24-23. Last night, how you feeling? About to throw up. About to throw up. There you have it. And then, and then when when Lambo hit the kick, there was so much noise from Jaguars fans, it, and our angle was kind of parallel with the you know with the field. We couldn't really see right, if it, it went in or not. Yeah. I, like you're looking to me to see if like did we make the kick or not. <laughs> I I'm turned you. I thought we lost. The, I thought he missed. I'm watching. Yes, I'm watching the game. I can't even tell from our angle, and there's so many Jaguars fans screaming. I I, I was wondering. Oh my God, is this Broncos fans? Like. There was enough noise. It was like it could be a confused Broncos audience. Like that's how much noise the Jaguars were making. But uh, oh yeah. But then of course within seconds we realize the Jaguars yeah. uh, okay. had won I, I and, and thus went eight bananas. Yeah. I think it went right down the middle too. By the way, and it was pretty high winds as well. But it went gorgeous right kick. down the middle. Yeah, gorgeous, Beautiful. gorgeous kick. Yeah, he really adjusted for that wind. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of Jaguars. Yeah, good presence. So you get to watch the game on TV. So what was what else did you observe? Um. So I don't know if you remember this play, but this is one thing that I noticed is DJ Chark is very difficult to guard one on one. Mm. Very tough. I know Chris ha- Chris Harris played on him a little bit, but he was mm-hmm. more on DD. I noticed. And you know, I don't remember. I don't remember their other corner names because they have Bryce Callahan, who's out. So they're putting all mm-hmm. kinds of uh, corners back there. But that double move where he, there was a pass interference killed him. And he's DJ Chark still adjusted and made a great catch. That dude is tough to guard one on one. Being that big, being that fast. Oh, yeah, man, 
And there's a couple of plays. Um, of course, we remember the play before halftime, an absolute dime by Minshew to G- DJ mm. Chark. It got called back on a holding. That play Cam got Robinson. taken away. Uh, fate, was it man, man, hands to face or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, since we're on the holding thing, dude, too many holdings on the O-line. Even yeah. tight ends, just just so many holdings, huh? Still. And it's been like a constant theme, too. It's detrimental. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's starting to hurt us. And we had we had a lot of penalties once again. Not okay. And most of them are yeah. holding on the offense. So... I mean, that's the thing you know, everybody talks about is like we keep we're kind of our own worst enemy. And every time, you know, Gardner, even Leonard Fournette, I think was talking about it, um, you know, getting the conversation with Cam on the sideline. It's like there's a there's a paranoia now, right, with any play that you that you might call a hold on it. And it can be a huge momentum killer. Huge. Uh, do, you, do you did you ever find out what that was about the whole uh, Fournette and Cam Robinson thing? I, I was on like Reddit. About? reddit and twitter and stuff um you know i think we're all kind of speculating and so i might be totally making this up but it, it, the, what people were saying was that that i th- i think he was mad about the holding call before the right before kicking so like the player two before the kick um, oh, how that jeopardized the victory and, and you can imagine leonard's frustration after coming back in this huge almost like a kind of like a re-breakout of his career game i mean 225 Yard, is that 229 yards? That was probably more than that. Yeah, Something 225 yards that, yeah. on 29 carries with that one um, 81-yard rush. I mean, he was in total beast mode, uh, and I'm sure he's got a lot of emotion weighing down on him, um, a lot of criti- criticism over the last season, um, even some iffy feelings this year. To have such a breakout game, take the team on his shoulders, combine that with Minshew's efforts, and as you mentioned, DJ Chark and a lot of uh, our other talented players— and then to jeopardize that with a stupid holding call on like a, a run stupid. that is just basically designed to take time off the clock, ah, I mean, unacceptable, right? Crazy, like, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. But uh, I mean, you know, some of those, some of those calls because they were going up some, going against some very talented players. Von Miller, in particular, gave him trouble, and and you get called for those holds when you get desperate. So very true. Um, yeah. but Leonard, I, I mean, that really was Leonard's like comeback game. And you could tell, like when he was talking to the media and stuff, he felt like you could just see like a weight has been lifted off him just yeah. to kind of get, get that hundred yard game. And he even like apologized for like kind of being, oh, I, I don't know it. exactly oh. what he apologized for, but you know, kind of for, you know, being harsh on Minshew and company because of his own struggles. You know, he was just frustrated, obviously. I love but, that moment. Yeah, he, said, he looked good um, though. He, he said he I hadn't, I hadn't like complimented Minshew. Like he basically was saying, like I hadn't focused on how good other people were doing because I was being so like self-absorbed and kind of self-critical and everything. And it's, he apologized it's a for it. Important moment. I think it's very yeah. important it's from like a team standpoint. It's pretty important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he was just good though. He he was finding his holes. Uh, he was making quick decisions and. He didn't go to that, like, spin move. You know, he was playing bully ball. Like, I, I, if you're in front of me, uh-huh. I'm going to run you over, you know. And yeah, you saw that on the 81-yard run. There were some moments late in the game you would expect him to be tired and to, you know. And, and he was, I mean, the 81-yard run, theoretically, and one of those last, uh, he's, I don't know who tackled him, but that la- I remember that last few seconds. Theoretically, a really fast back could have cut right and scored a touchdown. Um, and so? And he, he is... He is fast, but but you know I think I was I was beginning to worry. Is he is he just has he lost like a you know a bit of a step and everything? And then even after the eighty one yard breakaway, he still had some great runs and was showing really flashy. All right, forty five seconds. Jaguars um, again very, on the Broncos seventeen, down by one, twenty four twenty three. Hassan, how you feeling? Right. About to throw up. About to throw up. Last week, uh, there you have it. Game when he had Kevin Byard down the field and Byard caught him. True on True. that long run so maybe he did lose a step but he looked good and it was just yeah. nice to see just as as a fan and i wore his jersey so thank god he you know performed lucky charm yeah good job maybe well maybe recall armstead armstead had yes. eight carries for 42 yards um he had a 16 yard run in that dude mix. he had good runs um, rewatching awesome like, wow these are nice runs. looked awesome very nice i mean if if fernet hadn't suited up that game you know, maybe it re- may have required Fournette's, uh, I don't know, personality and drive and everything to get get some of that 
action in the third quarter rolling, but I mean, I, I would have every confidence that Armstead would have easily broken 100 yards himself. And I saw those I flashy so runs, man. I was thinking, I got confused once. Like, I, I was recognizing the speedier runs as Armstead, the more brute force runs as, as Fournette. There was a there was a late fourth quarter Fournette dash kind of around the end that I was like, oh, that's Armstead, and, and then it was Fournette. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, nice, it's nice that Fournette did have some... Um, some moments that were comparable with like a you know fresh rookie, fresh speed uh, style player. So it's hard to see from those 500s, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's 27? I don't know. Yeah, I kept having. Hey, it making it was an accomplishment that we didn't blow away in the wind. When when I, I we talked about this before. When I when I went to that Colorado Colorado State game last year, I saw a student fall like six rows. So. You know, and people start. You mentioned there's like the yeah the seat like the flooring has this like like this metallic element in some of those upper deck right. seats, so where people are jumping yeah. up and down, trying to make as much noise as possible, and you can you can feel that building swaying, and it is not comforting, <laughs> especially it's when you're looking across. You're looking across, and you are like on par with mountains. Like you you, you like look <laughs> in the gaps like between our side of the stadium and like the, the our east side and the west side, and you can see mountains at your level. <laughs> Dude, I was getting winded. Um, like walking up, like you know, going to the bathroom, walking back up. I was like, holy shit! Like this is something. Where's my row yeah. at? I, no, you're like a Denver resident, but you're like, where's my freaking oxygen tank? You know? <laughs> right. Maybe I'm just really Ooh. out of shape. Who knows? But <laughs> crazy stuff. Um, how about the run blocking? Way better because it's been like an emphasis. And, you know, it's been, you know, one of those things that people have been talking about how bad the run blocking has been. And it's not just yeah. you know, Fournette's fault. It was a lot better watching, you know, even on TV. Definitely. I couldn't really tell watching live, but you could tell on TV. It was a lot better. For sure. And beyond the better performance and more dominating performance, there there were pl- plays called, and we were kind of joking about this. We're like, who's number 70, whatever? Um, I guess Cedric Obwehi was brought in several times as an eligible receiver. You know, they announced it like number 70 was an eligible receiver. Uh, as an extra pass blocker, right? So you had two tight ends, and you had this extra lineman basically coming in as a tight end. <laughs> and, Dude, that and happened to me, like five times. Dude, oh, several like times. It was times. a theme. Lots of times. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "What?" what uh, you know, you, you don't see this too often, so I was a little confused by it. But it did hearken some memories I had from our 2017 season, where yeah, like that third quarter, fourth quarter time when you take the game into your own hands and you start running, even though they know you're running, you're able to do it successfully. We were able to do that, and I think in the last you know a few games this season, as well as last season for sure, we had developed a reputation of a team that likes to do that, but we didn't put ourselves in a position to where that worked. So here we are. In, contr- in somewhat control of the game, you're tracking that little, you know, percent, what is it, like percentage win chance <laughs> that, they, that they track throughout <laughs> the game. And we, as, as, we, as we cross into positive, right, around the y-axis going up, um, you, I think we, we, we had more of that brute force uh, run game set up, including that uh, offensive lineman set up as a third tight end. And, hey, they know we're going to run it. We know we're going to run it. And we still would ex- explode for these, like, 11-yard, 12-yard runs. I mean, we're not even getting a second down. First down, next run. First and 10. Next run, first and 10. It was very, very comforting to watch. Right, yeah. When you're getting four or five yards a run, it it definitely helps. And it sets up the pass game a lot better for sure, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I had for, like, the first half was, was that, um, was Ronnie Harrison's interception our first defensive turnover? That we forced? Um, I I'm think, think so. I think it is. Yeah, someone was saying we didn't have like a turnover the whole season because we were making fun of the Broncos for not having a turnover or a sack. And then someone, I, you know, I remember hearing that. Well, we had, the, we we had like a with a muffed punt with the Titans. Right, right, right. right. Exactly. Uh, That's what I meant. Yeah, defensive. So yeah, that definitely counted. I think that was our only one. And then this would have been our first. It's kind of crazy. One. But it was clutch. It was beautiful. Led to a field goal. Should have led to a touchdown. That was called back. But. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Um, and, and Ronnie Harrison showed us that, hey, if, you know, knock on every type of wood, but if Leonard Fournette had gone down or wasn't able to play, if Armstead had gone, we, we, we probably have a nice uh, shake em, bake em running back in Ronnie Harrison. He put on five, six moves. He was up for a while, actually. Like, Damn, <laughs> go, Ronnie. Keep going. I just kept yelling, go, go, go. Ronnie, I was actually um, Barry Sanders Harrison out there, yeah, tearing up their I was in line, actually. I, had, I went down early you know, to grab a beer and go to the bathroom before, you know, the rush began <laughs> so I can be back and stuff. And nice. 
I was screaming in the line and it was, it was so funny because I was like <laughs> up next in line and he was like, yep, your total is, you know, $14. I'm like, go, 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 yeah, go, go more, more, more. <laughs> He's like, okay, your total is $28. Go, keep going, yeah, keep going. Exactly. Your total is $35. Yeah. yeah, it was good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so but the first half, it was like, we didn't play bad, but we were kind of getting, you know, stomped on. If you think we're getting clobbered. What was, what was we were getting clobbered. We were we were a couple completed passes away from some like 21-3, 24-3 score. It was insane. Right. Because they were pretty much in field goal range, I believe. They were definitely in field goal range around yeah. when, you know, where the pick happened. So and then the run back. For sure. But uh the third quarter is like when the Minshew magic started, isn't it? <laughs> the first the first drive, dude, was just crazy. And it like Everyone keeps talking about the play that stood out. And, I mean, I'm going to mention it, too, because Keelan's one of my favorite players on the team. The third oh, and 14. Man. I think that's, like, right when you pulled up to our section. It was yeah. around that time. Yeah, it, when I was defending myself against that harassing two-year-old. <laughs> oh, that's when that was happening. Yeah, that play was nuts, dude. He, like, he like ducks down, avoids a tackler, yep. starts directing yep. traffic in front of him, pointing here, oh. pointing there, and then just finds Keelan pulling. Oh. Keelan finally, who's had like the hands problem. Bonissimo. You know, like, oh, yeah. Oh, it was so really clutch was catch. So nice to see him catch a ball. Mm-hmm. Clutch, clutch catch in traffic, a tough catch. He had to hold on to it. It, it was. It was contact coming back you know? towards the ball and coming back towards <sighs> the ball. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was the anti Keelan Cole of 2018, and it was right. reminiscent of Keelan Cole 2017. 17. Honestly, it's the kind of catch that Marquise Lee could have made on a third down back in his heyday, back in like 2017, 20, uh, 2016, that kind of thing. I have a lot of these memories of Marquise kind of cutting across the middle, catching a ball in traffic, um, getting hit pretty hard, but holding on to it. Uh, really, really impressive and got to be great for Keelan's confidence as well. Yeah, that must feel good. Marquise had one, right? He had a catch uh, going across the middle, I believe, because I remember we were chatting about it when it happened. I think he had one catch. Yeah. I think. I don't yeah, have the stats. Yeah, yeah, Marquise. Anything, so yep, yep. Back from the dead. Well, yeah, Eleven yards. Eight yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and your and your friend who's not a Jaguars fan, I thought he was laughing because he's like, "Oh, Marquise Lee history." He probably doesn't know who the hell Marquise Lee is. He was laughing at us doing a running commentary for like thirty people to hear up in the five hundred section. So. <laughs> <laughs> the Jaguars fans behind us, by the way, were very cool, cool people. Oh, they were insane. Yeah, um, they were insane. But they yeah, that, that, for the game. Dude, oh my gosh, they were going wild. Slapping hands every five seconds with them. They had some uh, chance of themselves. For um, They had some funny chance, some very basic chance, but they they were going with them. Can't, yeah. can't do them for you. I can't really remember. But anyways, so the first drive, crazy. That third and 14, huge. And then, of course, the touchdown, which is just, you've been seeing it everywhere, right? The yeah. Manchuda Armstead touchdown. What did you think about that? Yeah. That, that, um, the play you mentioned before, uh, where Minshew was like scrambling on that third down, you know, there's this thing where like a quarterback kind of gets caught up in, in the backside of a offensive lineman, been pushed back in a little bit and then off balance. Right. And, you know, people start talking about the whole Brett Favre-esque moves, these, um, kind of, uh, juke them and leave them behind stuff for him to stay alive in that play. Number one was remarkable. Um, you know, to find an open receiver. And that happens. You have open receivers because the play's broken down, right? So you have people strutting, just doing this like sort of east-west run across the end zone looking for uh, a chance to catch a ball. You know, you have that. But at the same time, to keep the wherewithal, to not panic, um, to not fumble the ball, to not like throw it out, no intentional grounding, nothing. And then to find an open receiver in the end zone was something gorgeous. And you're watching those plays knowing this is going to be a lasting highlight for the season. This is going to be on Sports Center tonight. And it's going to be on Sports Center in a month when they, you know, talk about this player's career. It's going to be at the end of the season, summing up some of the best moments of this year. What gorgeous football! And we were reminded of it of it not just in those two plays we've already mentioned so far. In a third play, the touchdown pass to O'Shaughnessy as well, which was this like. Oh video game level like you had a receiver in motion behind you you snap the ball you pump fake to that person which is already throwing off probably like 60% of the defense because it looked like the play was designed that way do a 180 flip 
Yeah, one flip, and then pump to another receiver who obviously that that has to be his option for the play, and somehow out of like some sort of freaking visual capacity of his eardrum, turn around ninety degree lang- angle and find an open tight end, zipped it, dude. a few yards zipped out of the end zone, who can hold on to the ball and push. Oh my god, that was amazing! It's gorgeous, it was amazing. I remember um, turning to you and saying, I think there was a broken play. I didn't know that was designed. And then I watched it back and I was like, oh shit, it was designed. I thought it was, you know, a fake screen one way and then you screen it out. Because you see that, yeah. you know, pretty often nowadays. Yeah. We used to run it a lot a couple of years ago, that same type of play. And I was like, oh shit, was that a broken play and he made it? But either way, it's impressive. It's a crazy play call for one. Oh and my I just God. heard um, uh, John John Filippo, I think it was today he said that it was like one of those plays that you only use once in a season so they're probably going to trash yeah, that yeah that's play. a good point yeah, that's a good point so but it's a gorgeous play uh, it was some like Philly special level creativity and, and it worked it worked out that way right I mean Gardner now you know guys what he's soaring in popularity in the league in the NFL he's soaring in popularity in the 70s you know naval line jacket industry he he could probably get nominated for like a freaking Emmy for that performance. I mean, he just sold he sold that pump, he sold this pump fake, and he turned and hit a tight end in a like you know ninety degree turn. It's insane, it's insane, super it super creative, great athleticism, a lot of fun to watch. It's just I remember I turned to you like three or four times and I was like, dude, some <laughs> of these plays he's making like these are elite quarterback level plays. Are they Precisely. not? I mean, they really Precisely. were. But his stats sometimes Man. you know they don't really speak they're not like you know 415 yards four touchdowns of course he doesn't turn the ball over but if you watch the game wow like he was making incredible plays i couldn't believe what i was watching dude you're right he's playing like a quarterback that has the confidence of that 400 level yard performance i was shocked you know third quarter he's putting together this huge drive he was still floating around 120 150 160 yards for the game it did not exactly. feel that way because he's he's playing like a quarterback who who is taking the necessary risk and making the difficult throws to reach that 300 yard territory, 400 yard territory pretty early on. I think it's just that you know uh, mathematically he just doesn't have as, as many pass attempts. Um, his his completion percentage was down this game compared to previous outings. Of course his his historic opening on against the Chiefs was was like record setting. Um, I was a little bit. Put back, um, I you know I even wrote John Osier in the Ozone um, to ask for a clarification on this one because Gardner had a pass to Leonard Fournette uh, earlier on in the game. The whole the whole line was if he hit if he hit at least six out of his first twelve pass attempts, so if he completed at least six out of the twelve first pass attempts, he would break the NFL record for the highest completion percentage in a player's first hundred pass attempts in the NFL. And so he had this he had this one pass to to Leonard. That um, that was like the fifth or something. Then he hit another one after that, and I think that pass to Leonard uh, that looked they looked and reviewed it was going backwards. It was I think it was corrected to not count as a completion, um, as a pass completion. Instead, it was like a you know halfback toss or whatever they'd call it now, a lateral. Um, and and so what that wound up doing mathematically is it took away his uh his six out of 12 he actually then i think wound up starting five out of 12 and i did i didn't hear anything about it later i don't know if he tied the record or what it was i wrote i wrote the ozone and john john did not post that question from me he posted my freaking typo where, where i wrote i wrote great o and then like hit enter to like do a new line and ask a question and there's no space for entering on that form and it just sent the question and so he he published it on the jaguars.com website it's like great oh and he's like yeah like well said or some shit i don't know (laughs) that is that's pretty embarrassing what the hell you didn't actually answer the real question though like i know oh man that sucks that's funny um, no, it's good. I like to I like to inject a little bit of humor into that Jaguars discussion board as often as I can. Yeah, do you ever uh, write into Baselli and them their little Twitter questions? I to Baselli, no. You said you got you got a few questions on on the Baselli show. Yeah, last year, but they used to be like Baselli's questions, and now it's like social media questions. I think is what they call it. I don't know why, but they used yeah. to take phone calls, but uh, that. <laughs> That was getting out of hand. It was kind of funny. Uh, you know, a lot of people would just call and <laughs> say stupid shit like right off the bat. And Tony would, troll or something. Yeah, he loses. Cool. You know, Tony. He, oh man, it's fun stuff. Yeah. Though. Um, where were we? Where were we? 
Well, we wrapped it in the first half, you know, and there's this narrative. The first half had a lot of frightening signs. I mean, disheartening oh, okay. things. Like, we, we weren't playing like an elite team. The, the Broncos were definitely taking advantage of their home stadium. And they were working off with, you know, a chip on the shoulder, working off some uh, trauma of the last few weeks, losing by close scores. So what looked like they would be a beatdown on us. And then, of course, that all changed in the third quarter. And um, so rewatching the game, I I noticed that we only punted once in the second half as well. I think we only had four drives. Maybe we had five drives and one punt. Eh, oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. So Logan Cook wasn't really out there much. And, you know, we talked about how long that first drive was straight out of halftime. What was it, 10 minutes? Yeah. Do you know the actual time of it? Uh, ten and a half. Ten and a half. Jeez. That's a long time. And it ends with the touchdown, most importantly, right? Our final possession count for the game was almost 40 minutes, and the Broncos around 20 minutes. Wow. Because we just Two to dominated one ratio. the second half. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And Broncos did go on. Their, so their last drive where they scored was, it was pretty quick. But they did score a touchdown. It seemed quick because they got the ball. Uh, like, yeah, I think they got it in three minutes. <sighs> And you're in that position. I mean, we were, people were commenting on the stands too. You're already in that kind of like the field's shortened, right? Because we're, we're I'm not, I don't know if we were lining up in a prevent D, but we definitely had that mentality. You know, we, we were kind of, you know, bend and don't break kind of thing. But yeah, it, I didn't, I yeah, didn't like it was that. definitely we were scary, a little though. passive, a little passive yeah. on defense on that last drive. We were kind of giving them everything underneath, and then they were making yeah, a couple sure. people miss, getting, getting some yards after the catch. And then next thing you know, yeah. they were in the red zone. I was like, oh shit, there's only like a minute left. And, and it was it was frustrating to watch. I mean, we I don't think we got a sack on Flacco all day. Um, Flacco has this whole narrative behind. I was talking to a friend here up at uh, Colorado uh, Boulder, uh, who's saying, "Hey, you know, he's a Ravens fan, um, and eventually just got tired of Flacco. Super happy to see Lamar Jackson come in now." Um, but we can't forget Flacco is an experienced uh, NFL quarterback who has won a Super Bowl. Um, to to have that narrative of yeah he's you know he's okay why why do we pick him up why are the Broncos why do the Broncos have Flacco on their on their roster or whatever you know when when can Locke come back in all this kind of stuff you gotta you still have to be a little scared when he can piece together a really efficient drive to with a go ahead score at the end right he was um, good so I and I, think, I was uh, definitely worrying then yeah for sure I think a lot of the reason the Broncos fans were saying that is because. They keep getting like people's like leftovers, basically. Like they took Keenum, and then they didn't like how that True. went, and they're like, "Oh, Flacco." So is this going to be like the same kind of story? Like I, we want yeah. someone fresh. You know, when you bring in a rookie or someone young, it's just refreshing, like it is for us. Yeah. You know, it just feels good, right? Well, they they all remember Peyton Manning coming in and winning a Super Bowl. No, well, they remember that, of course. But you know, he's Peyton Manning's like a legend. He was a legend before he got there. He's going to be a legend after. But you True. know, Joe Flacco. You know he's not he's not a Hall of Famer. Case Keenum, not even close to yeah. that you know type of level. But that's a good point. I think that's where a lot of that uh, stems from for the Broncos fans. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, well, great. What about the the last drive, we we got to talk yeah. about the last drive real quick. Um, yeah. So we get the ball with what one fifteen left, something like that. Yeah. The one twenty, yeah. and then dude, the most incredible play I thought, which was kind of like. I mean, it was a crazy play. He Gardner got stripped, Oof. and I didn't even know that. And um, when we were sitting up there, it just looked like you know he was taking his time in there. But I think it was a first down, might have been second, where he got stripped, I believe, by Bradley Chubb, and he picked the like the ball took a bounce, and he picked it up and completed the pass to Chark. Yeah, people said it looked like, like a his- basketball dribble. Yeah, is that what he said? Uh, yeah, one of the comments is that he dribbled. He he didn't say it, but people have been commenting that it, he he like dribbled the ball. It, like the the way the strip looks, at, you know, you, I mean, you saw the replay. It just goes down, comes back in his hands, and he makes this throw. Uh, also, also kind of basketball-y, Some of these throws, I think, this back to back, where he, yeah, he's got to extend over someone, pressuring him. So it's got this odd angle, kind of like just really trying to finesse the the pass at the end of your fingertips, you know, getting it over the defender and stuff. But scary moments but uh was that that was was that the play that that we got the the roughing the passer call on it is which made it even sweeter really made it sweeter um he still completed the pass which is magical it didn't really matter because the roughing the passer was what i guess sustained the drive with like a first down right and i I believe um, it was second down because on first down he got hurt yeah and he was limping like he was limping good when i saw it on tv you could tell like he was actually in pain 
Yeah. And, and now so, he's on the injury report. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great point because like the the Broncos apparently. I mean, I, I didn't watch these other games, but for the Broncos, but they they were they're traumatized from this roughing the passer call, I guess, against the Bears that kept the Bears drive alive yep, to the Chubb one come back yep. and win the Chubb call. Yeah, which the NFL reviewed and admitted is a bad call. Uh, in this case, everyone's already complaining about this roughing the passer call. I can't believe it. You know, like it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, oh, they get a roughing the passer? Oh, of course. Now they're going to go drive and win. We're all going to go home heartbroken. But it was uh, – was it was it Von Miller, I think? that like It was it was like a – it was a roughing the passer. I mean, it was like a slap to the helmet or whatever. Um, and 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 uh, I think one of the commentaries was, yeah, the, the, the hit before that play was also could have also been called as roughing the passer. Right. I mean, they're Minshew saying took, it, was a, it was a makeup like, call, hit, correct? Hit yeah. below the knees or something. Yeah, maybe it was a makeup call uh, as well. But Minshew, you know, uh, wrote it off as oh, it's just football, it's whatever. But um, but yeah, you know, you don't want to <laughs> see that either. We haven't talked about this. Like, what if you know, you know, again, knock on God, I don't even none of wood to knock on in my room here, but uh, like. <laughs> what if Minshew gets hurt, right? I mean, that would that would have been tragic if he had gotten hurt on a on a play that kind of bent the rules or broke the rules. You know, we don't want to we don't want to see that. We're trying to tragic. I'm trying to watch. Yeah, trying to watch the the game here. So definitely. Oh man, I and I was thinking Josh Dobbs is about to come in, and you know, is he mm-hmm. Minshew might be listed as questionable for the Panthers game. You bet. So. Yeah, they're saying right now, as of you know, we're recording today on Thursday. They're saying that he's. Probably probably won't be a, 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 a preventive, like it probably won't um, prevent him from playing on Sunday. But that it definitely has a, a real real injury he's dealing with, and they're saying knee. I wasn't I wasn't sure if it wound up being his knee or an ankle or a bruise or what, but yeah. So yeah. we'll see. For sure, he's got a brace on. Cool. Um, so that basically wraps it up for the game. I would say. Actually, one more sh- quick shout out. Real quick. Sure. How about Josh Lambeau, man? <laughs> I don't know why I had my head down. Like I wasn't sure he was gonna make the kick. I have so much faith <laughs> in Josh Lambeau. He was amazing. Yeah. He had four field goals, I believe. Yeah. Four for four, wow. two for two on extra points. The dude is clutch. Wow. He's good. And four of four. Think about it. This yep. guy got cut from the Chargers a few years ago and he came here and <laughs> just has been amazing. He's been awesome. Bro, I've been following his career since the FC Dallas games, baby. I <laughs> I always tell people that I'm like Josh Lambeau out of FC Dallas, the former goalie. Hell yeah! It's a it's a good Hell story yeah. though. I'm I'm really happy for him. You know, after getting cut, and, <laughs> and well, you're so are. happy for him, you couldn't bear the thought of him missing this field goal to win that, epic fashion. That's pretty much what was happening, dude. I was like, no way he misses this. I was like, it's because I'm here. He's gonna miss. It's all it was Wendy, and the was kick was windy. right down the middle. I think it felt it looked a little you know end over end, not necessarily bad, but. But yeah, I was right. nervous too. I thought, yeah, I thought it could easily, uh, he could easily hit it to the side. That's easy money for Josh Lambeau. Definitely happy. But he got him, it. Though. I think he won. He won Special Teams Player of the Week this week. He did, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I don't know if have they announced Rookie of the Week yet or whatever, because I know Gardner's up there in the voting too. Again, he won Rookie of the Month. Did you see that? Uh huh. Yes, sir. He won Rookie of the Month. I've been seeing a lot of like rookie rankings, and he's definitely like in cool. the top, top three to five. And most oh, of the rookie rankings. And so is Josh that's Allen. So cool. He's up there. And so is Quincy. I, I read one that was like top 25, and Quincy was up there too. I think he's been playing pretty well too. <laughs> Great. Definitely. Definitely proud of him too. Our, our picks are just, whew, our draft is, it's shaping up. It's looking good. Thus Absolutely. Far. Yeah. And we, hey, now we're, we're in the talking points for the, you know, for our division standings, for our playoff chances and everything. Um, like we started off the show saying, hey, we reached 500 again, which brings me up to some trivia for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. An AFC South themed, who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a Shad Khan? Here we go. All right. So we'll start it off pretty easy here. The Jaguars record of two and two places them top or bottom of the AFC South. I believe it puts us at third. Okay. You Is are correct. correct. It puts us at third. I think that's because of alphabetical order. Because the whole division is two and two. As we know, they're all 500. And I, I don't even know if they care to do a tiebreaker at this point. Because it would be I, some crazy they, they, like they, points, points scored 
while coach, you know, I, I don't think it goes is scratching his nose now. or some shit. Yeah. I think it yeah. goes, so it goes, it definitely goes, you know, obviously your record and then it goes your divisional record. If you're comparing teams within a division, it goes by yeah. divisional record. I think that's how it goes. And then obviously where we are one and one, correct? Beat the Titans, yeah. Texans. Texans are okay. two and oh. In the division, Texans are one no, and Texans oh. are one and oh. One oh. and oh. They only beat us. Yeah. Titans are yeah. oh and two. I know that. Oh and two, and correct. And the You're right. Colts are. You're right. Holy shit, which happens to be alphabetical order. We got H I J T, <laughs> Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Tennessee Titans. In that order, and that is that is consistent with the division rankings, our division uh, division record. Yeah, awesome. All right, you ready? Here's the next one. Here's the next one. Um, so, based on your intimate knowledge of the AFC South as well as the performance of these teams so far this year, uh, who out of those four? Remember, we got Texans ranked first, Colts second, Jaguars third, Titans fourth, despite their their uh, even record of 500. Who has the best? Point differential. They've scored more than they've had scored on them. Oh, is that what, what point differential means? Hmm. Just so who has the highest right now? Who's the highest? Who's who's deep into the positive territory on point differential? Um, my guess is the Colts. That's incorrect. All right, that it? is uh, incorrect. You have lost your million dollars. Uh, but Shit. but but um, uh, the answer might be a little surprising. It's the Titans. Oh, they are oh, plus because of the Cleveland game. Because they've of the scored Cleveland ninety-one game, points. Yep, and they've lost. Uh, sorry, they've been scored against sixty-two points. All right. Okay, that, that uh, going in that sense. vein, the Colts have the worst point differential. They are negative eight, being outscored one hundred two to ninety-four. All right. Um, now, now, final trivia question. Number three. You know what? We'll redeem all. The, redeem it all. Redeem all the shit. All right. Can't phone a friend. You can't pull the audience or anything. You ain't got no audience right here. But do you, do you think the Jaguars or the Texans have a better point differential through four games? Well, let's see. The Texans, a Saints game was really close. It was like a one point game the Jaguars Texans game was close mm-hmm. they just lo- mm-hmm. and then they lost two games so it has to be the Jaguars hmm interesting high, right is that your final answer that's my f- who, who did they just play yeah those are two wins uh wait who did they beat they beat us and then they beat it's not coming to me You think you could tell me who they beat? And maybe I could tell you. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I can I can't. give you some hints. Uh, when I'll, your I'll just, phone I, is dead, what do you do to it? <laughs> oh, they beat the Chargers. That game was close, too. So it has to be the Jaguars. It has to be the Jaguars, right? No, but the Jaguars won really close too, and lost pretty close too. I don't know. It's got. I love it. This is why this is the highest tier question. Yeah, and our quest to be a millionaire slash Ashad Khan. I'm gonna. So what's your final final answer? Plus, they're both like around plus three. I think they're the same. That that's what it is. They're the same. Yeah, and you are a millionaire. (laughs) The Texans and the Jaguars both have a. You ready? Positive or negative? Mm-hmm. Neither. Zero point differential. The Texans no have scored shit. 78, scored against 78. Jaguars have scored more, 84, and been scored more against 84 as well. Holy shit. Wow. That was a good question. I, I like that yeah. question. You know, but That's it makes sense, one. though, because the games have been, for both teams, they've been extremely close. Yeah. All within field mm-hmm. goals, it seems like, now that I'm trying to like look back at it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That makes that makes a lot of sense, dude. That's, uh, well, except uh, except the Jaguars Chiefs game kind of got smacked in that one, but exactly, yeah, yeah that one put us on a hole. That makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, good. Any any final thoughts on the Broncos experience? Um, I do have some final thoughts about the game, real quick. Sure. Our backs are good, okay, and I think the running thing is going to keep working. Will Richardson's better than AJ can, and I think he Ooh. should play. Okay. Um, the Ramsey effect showed not having yeah. him on the field. I think you can yeah. agree to that one, right? And yeah, uh, finally, I think the playbook is wide open for Gardner Minshew now. Good. Yeah, and they, they showed it, right? We saw it. Yeah, they we showed it. it, exactly. And that's yeah. what I mean. 
Uh, and that should really, hopefully that, scare takeaways. the shit out of future opponents. Um, quick, before we go, uh, do you have any predictions for the Panthers game? Since we're not going to look ahead to it too much. For Carolina? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, all right, so I was talking about this, too, with, with you know, friends in the, in the Boulder gym last night. I think that... I think that the whole like Cam Newton story is pretty big right now, and Newton's been getting banged up and kind of abused for for years here. Very charismatic player, very strong player. Now that he's out, um, and we've got is it Kyle Allen in? Yep. As backup, he's, yeah. he's been playing better than Cam Newton has though. So. Exactly. So the the narrative make, has shifted. Yeah, can't make that mistake. Yeah. And and I'm a little bit afraid that and maybe this is my own ignorance and I'm not, you know, on the Jaguar staff or anything, but that that we kind of like it's not a trap game, right? We're not looking forward a week to someone. We're not like we're not necessarily like, you know, overconfident against the Panthers or anything. But I think it's kind of a counterintuitive game. Like I think in our mind we have a branded image about how to defeat the Panthers led by Cam Newton. Now there's a different Panthers team out there and they're not that bad. So I'm a little bit afraid that we might get surprised still, even though, of course, we should be prepping for this and watching uh, game tape and everything. Um, So uh, do we pull off a win? (laughs) Man, classic Jaguars fashion. I think if we score first, we win. If we don't score first, I think it's going to be a much tougher game to win. Um, I predict Jaguars 17-14 over the Panthers because I'm an optimist. So what do you think? What's your prediction? Um, I don't really like to do score predictions as much. I do think we win. Um, I think we win by two possessions, honestly. The Kyle Allen kid, he is good, um, and he makes some similar plays to Minshew. But my thing is uh, he fumbles. I think he fumbled twice last week, Mm. and Houston just could not get it going. Like They were struggling last week from what I saw. I didn't get to watch their game or anything. But you know their defense is good. Their front seven is great. And I think they're – they are in a similar situation as us, you know, Foles, Newton, both gone. Here comes in this new guy. Both have good defenses. Both have, you know, average receivers that are trying to, you know, mm-hmm. show who they are. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I think they're very similar teams. And, you know, they're both um, 1995, right? They both came about. Yep. Yeah. What was it? the We played the Hall of Fame game and lost to them. And then... um and then we both, what, second year, both reached the AFC Championship, right? It's just freaking crazy. Two cat-themed new franchises, both in, sorry, not AFC, both in their conference championships. AFC for the Jaguars, AFC right. for the Panthers. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, that's really my take on it. I think they're just two teams in similar situations. I, they lost their first two with Cam Newton. We didn't yeah. lose our first two with Foles, but, yeah, you know, true. we're both two and two, two-game win streak, and... I think everyone's just kind of looking forward to see what Kyle Allen has yeah. for another game, and they want to see what Gardner sure. Minshew has. So it's a little little battle of the new guys, you know. Yeah, so I'm excited about it. I agree. Yeah, I think I do think the thing favors in the Jaguars side. Um, I'm a little afraid again of not scoring first, uh, kind of getting into a little bit of a hole. But I think the Jaguars have pulled it off, and and also I think we've kind of hopefully we've kind of uh, reached this kind of tipping point or like you know a turn in our season. Um, if you look back at the Texans game, where we in that t- Texans bar in downtown Denver <laughs> watched that uh, you know excruciating uh, final two point conversion attempt, Ugh. we were inches away from scoring and inches away from a narrative turning and people not even criticizing Doug Marone and being like, "Oh wow, we went for two. That was so so awesome and whatever." And that would have put us at one and one. Had we won the next game, we're two and one. We're winning record. Are we come in and breathe? We're three and one, top of the division. I mean, it's a, it's a narrative changing kind of thing. Fortunately, I think that the games after that, Titans and then now most recently the Broncos, successfully did change that. We're establishing kind of like a uh, a, a culture for this season. We've got a, a story right. of Leonard Fournette apologizing. We've got Leonard and Cam calling each other out, but in a in a way that's good. Like we just won, and we're calling each other. Out. We're kind of keeping each other at high accountability. We're not we're not like you know viciously gnawing at each other. This is good stuff. This is how you, you build camaraderie. Like uh, Jalen's a huge variable with, in this whole situation. With all the Jalen shit going. How we get through exactly. the Jalen thing can determine if we're a stronger team or not. So I'm hoping that we've kind of turned make him want to stay too. Yeah, he man. wants to win, right? Yeah. He's watching us win, right? Yep, yep, yep. Does that make you want to stay? Yep. If you want to win, yeah. we're winning. So, 
It's crazy stuff. I do hope he uh, plays, whether it's injury oh, or he sweet. doesn't want to play. I, I yeah. really want him to play. It would yeah. be a, a, a big add, especially how Trey Herndon played. Even though Trey, you know, he made a couple good plays. He had um, some nice tackles, too, I saw on TV. Yeah. But J- he's not Jalen Ramsey. We, we <laughs> both know that. <laughs> Well, good right. stuff. Yeah, we're well, looking forward got, to the next man. game. Um, we'll touch base on Sunday. That sounds great. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we will see you, what, Tuesday now? Tuesdays. Tuesdays of the day. Next week. All right, guys. Go Jags. Let's get it. Go Jags. Go Jags.